Saul of Tarsus was a highly educated person. In fact, many theologians believe he had what would be the equivalent of three doctorate degrees. But he was also a very religious and a very devout follower of the Jewish faith, totally committed to doing everything he could to keep the Christian faith from advancing and polluting the Jewish faith. And so with, with authority from the high priests and the Sanhedrin, he began to arrest and execute followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But one day he had an amazing encounter himself with Jesus Christ that completely transformed his life. And he became an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his name was even changed from Saul of Tarsus to Paul, the one that we know who wrote over half the New Testament. There's another young man I'd like to tell you about. He grew up in a family that moved from logging camp to logging camp for employment. He rebelled against education. He could barely read. He rebelled against all authority. And his life began to spiral downward. He was as big as a bear. He was as strong as an ox. And he had a very cold, unfeeling heart. He found his place in society by becoming an enforcer for one of the main bosses in the state of Nevada. But his life spiraled down and took him to McNeil Island Federal Penitentiary. But through a series of amazing circumstances, Ron became familiar with the Bible and reading the Bible in prison. He gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And through a true miracle of God, his extremely long sentence was rescinded and he became a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. His heart had become so hard that even among the syndicate where he worked, he was known as the ice man because surely ice, ice water is what ran through his veins, not blood. But that icy cold heart became melted, compassionate. He became a very compassionate minister of the gospel. What, what is it that makes it possible for two men like this to become totally, completely transformed? Men of compassion, men of care, men of love. 
The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans, chapter 10, he says, I'm telling you the truth. I could wish myself accursed and lost forever if my fellow Jewish people would come to salvation. What a transformation of heart from one who was executing followers of Jesus Christ. The Iceman becomes a man of compassion and care, gentleness. How is that possible? Well, we made a discovery last week that the Lord Jesus Christ has made it possible for a sinner to become a saint. For one whose life is totally controlled by the power of darkness to become one who is totally controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And how that is possible is because when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, the scripture says he has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. We discovered how that when Jesus Christ was buried in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, our life of sin was buried with him to live no more. And that when Jesus Christ walked out of that grave, he made it possible for us to walk out in newness of life also. Amen? Amen. So turn there with me. Let's look at this passage again. Romans chapter 6, if you will, please. The book of Romans chapter 6. Romans is in the New Testament. You're going to go past the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's the book of Acts. You'll go past the book of Acts. And there's the book of Romans. Go to chapter 6. We're going to begin at verse 1. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Holler amen when you get there. Amen. Amen? Okay. Here we go. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, being buried with him by baptism into death, the like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Isn't that great news? Hallelujah! Jesus Christ has made it possible that if a person will accept Jesus Christ into their Lord and life, and will let Him be the Lord of their life, He makes it possible for them not only to be forgiven of their sin, But their life of sin, all the stuff they did before, is completely eradicated. And it no longer exists. And as far as God is concerned, they 
have never committed anything wrong in their life. That person doesn't even exist anymore. That's amazing. Now, that's what the scripture's talking about in this passage when it says, Therefore, being buried with him by baptism and the death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. But wait a minute. There's a choice we have to make. We have to choose to live in that newness of life. Go with me over just a couple of pages to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 1. Are you there? <laughs> there is therefore now. Okay, stop. Anytime you see a therefore in Scripture, you've got to find out what it's there for. Okay? This therefore is there because of everything he said in chapter 6. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Yes. You see, you get to make a choice. You can live by the law of sin and death, or you can live by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's your choice. You get to choose. Now, here's the amazing thing. You don't really have to choose to live by the law of sin and death. Just be you. The law of sin and death begins working in our life the day we are born. Because we are born with a sin nature. Did you happen to notice in your life no one had to teach you how to tell a lie, but they did have to teach you to tell the truth? You notice that about yourself? <laughs> I know we don't like thinking about these things, do we? Did you ever notice nobody had to teach you to be selfish? You just do that naturally. Oh, but we do have to make the choice to share. Come on. You ever have those days when you just, you want your rights? <laughs> ever said to yourself, how come I always have to be the one that says I'm sorry? 
Yeah, you've been there, haven't you? <laughs> oh, see, the law of sin and death just works. <laughs> it just works in us real good. But you can make the choice to live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, listen. Just because we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have the capacity to live by the law of life in Christ Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, but we can foolishly choose to continue living <laughs> by the old self. Have you ever met Christians who looked like they had sat and stewed and soured in church for the last 40 years? And they talk about having Jesus in their life, and you kind of want to look at them and go, you need to notify your face, man. <laughs> ever met believers like that? I don't get it. Why would you want to live that way? You're living by the law of sin and death. And they are so often. They're living by the law. Bless God. I'm living holy. <laughs> I don't play cards. I don't go to them nasty places. I don't run around with sinners. And they're just having so much fun in their Christian lives. <laughs> and you just want to go deliver me from that. No, thank you. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? They're living by the law of sin and death. And they're judging everybody else. And they're miserable. But I also know believers who have received Jesus Christ, but they're still living in the old image. They have this image inside themselves, and they're a victim. They were raped. They were, they, uh, someone, someone took advantage of them as a child. They've, they've gone through a divorce. Or they they've, uh, were made fun of as a child. They feel, they feel small inside. They think they're worthless. All their life somebody's told them, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything right. Can't you do anything right? You're so stupid. And they, and they have that record playing inside. Or excuse me, modern day. They have a CD playing inside. <laughs> All right, it's an MP3 player. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but it's going on inside. And, and Almighty God wants you to know I've made you a whole new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Okay, quiz. How many times did Thomas Edison fail before he made the light bulb? They're going to get this one of these days. Oh, you got it. Give that man a free drink afterwards. Okay, all right. 
Now look here. I know I keep telling you this, but it's because so many of you haven't got it yet. Failure is an experience, not an identity. But there are so many that are still living in that failure and inside their failure. And God wants you to know when, when I when I forgave your sin and you received Jesus Christ into your heart and life, He made you a new creation. All the old stuff was removed. It's buried with Jesus to live no more. You've never done that. You've never failed. You've never lived that way. That's never happened to you. You are a whole new creation. It's time to walk in newness of life. How do we do that? Well, the Romans 6.11 principle, the Romans 6.12 principle, the Romans 6.13 principle, the Romans 6.14 principle. Let's go back there. Go back to Romans chapter 6 and look at verse 11 with me. I'm going to touch on these really, really quickly. Obviously, each one of these is a whole lesson in and of itself. I'm just going to give you a thumbnail sketch. Turn to your neighbor and say, fast the seatbelt, it's going to be fast. Guys, this is the great. Do you realize how many people pay thousands of dollars to go to a conference that can only give them humanism and not real hope? When Jesus Christ has done all this for us, and it transforms. I've been invited to dental schools to teach this. I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds, it's not an exaggeration to say thousands of women in women's groups teaching them this, how they can overcome the victimization of rape and incest, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and they can live free, truly live free. I've spoken to hundreds of men, how they can live free from that image that a, a dominating, intimidating, tyrannical father poured into their life, that they're stupid, they'll never amount to anything, they can't do anything right. Talking to businessmen who have gone through failures and, and are now living in failure, instead of failing forward, instead of learning how to rise up out of a failure experience without seeing yourself as a failure and go on to the next thing successfully in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's, this is how. First, Romans 6, 11. Reckon ye therefore yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word for reckon there in the old King James. Um, I, I, th does the NIV say see yourself? Count yourself? Okay. It, the word there for count, for reckon in the King James it is an accountant's term. It means to deposit in your account. Now, who's doing the action here? You are. God's done everything through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you have to make the choice. 
You have to be willing to see yourself with a whole new identity. Here's, if, you, if you're looking for the blank space, you've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your thinking. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about, look, we put on the new man and we put off the old man. And we put on the new man in, in true righteousness and holiness. And how, we, how do we do that? By renewing the spirit of your mind. You got to change your view. You got that self image you have inside. You got to let that image be buried with Jesus, and you have to let the new image of who you are in Jesus Christ be formed in you. Amen? That's the whole point of the Ephesian experience we took last fall. Remember the Ephesian experience? The whole point of that was for you to begin seeing who you are in Christ. Because when you know who you are in Christ, and you let that image be shaped in here, wow. Amen? Okay, that's, i got to go to the next one. Okay, I could, I could so teach just a whole lesson on that. Romans 6.12, look at that one. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. Who's doing the work here? We are. We are. Again, this is our responsibility. You not only need to change your thinking, you need to change your perception of your position. See, as I said, too many are still living in their failure. They're in the rubble of their failure. There are too many who are still living in the bondage of their victimization. When they see themselves, they see themselves the victim still. Oh, listen, you aren't a victim anymore. You're risen to new life in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hey, got a question for you. If you're seated with Christ in heavenly places... If you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now I know you're sitting in a chair in the worship center in Living Faith Church. I know that's in the natural. But what you need to start seeing is where you are in the spiritual. Because the spiritual is more real than the natural. Because the natural is fading away. But the spiritual is eternal. You are seated with Christ. And I got a question for you. Okay, real tough one now. Get ready. Are you ready for a really hard question? Who wants to answer my really hard question? Let me see your hand. Okay, okay. Way, way back here. What's the young man's name? Seth. Okay, Seth, are you ready for this? Here we go. Really hard question, Seth. Who can beat up Jesus? I'm sorry? No one? Right answer. Free hot chocolate afterwards, okay? Right answer. Here we go. Okay. All right. Look here. If no one can beat up Jesus, by the way, mom and dad, I hope you knew the answer. But listen, we, if, if no one can beat up Jesus, 
Why are you so beat up? You're seated with him. But see, we're like the disciples in the boat. Oh no, we're going to sink. We're going to sink. Are you kidding me? Jesus is in the boat. Jesus, really? Jesus is in the boat and you think it's going to sink and everybody's going to drown? Are you kidding? Jesus is in the boat. Come on. And you know what he does? He stands up and tells the storm, shut up and lay down. That's my paraphrase, okay? <laughs> and it's the same for you. You're seated with Christ. But you gotta, you got to get the picture. Don't let sin reign. Don't let its authority beat you up and continually hold you in captivity. Stop living like a POW or an MIA. Come on. You are in Christ. Rise up in who you are in Jesus Christ. The Romans 13 principle, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but as those that are alive from the dead, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto him. Amen. Oh, oh, come on. This is so cool. We not only have to change our thinking, change our perception of our position, but we have to use our mighty weapons for Almighty God. You've got to take your weapons and use them for Almighty God. But now look here. Listen closely. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14 says, we've got to wake up from our, from our sleepiness because we're nearer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ than when we first believed. And we got to stop living like the world. And he mentions some things. Drunkenness, sexual immorality. And he, he goes through this list. And then he says this. And put on the armor of light and make no provision for the flesh. Now I'm just going to talk plain here for a moment. Sir, you got to put a filter on that on that laptop you got to quit going to those websites come on come on you got to quit that it's killing you you're stirring up your imagination you got to quit it sis you got to quit listening to all the negativity and you need to start you need to start bringing around you people that are positive and faith filled because all the gunk you're listening to, it's killing your spirit. It's killing your faith. you got to bring around you people that speak faith, people that speak hope, people that speak love, people that speak life. Come on. we got to stop making provision for our flesh. There are some places we just got to quit going to because we know it stirs up stuff. For some of you, it's music. you got to make a music change. Come on, you know the old saying. You play country music backwards, you get your dog back, you get your truck back, you get your wife back. <laughs> Come on. We're listening to stuff that's driving us down. 
You need to make a switch in the music. Some of you, you got to shut off Sean and Rush and all these other guys because I'm going to tell you, you listen to that. I, I was talking with a brother yesterday. And we were talking about how, boy, some, some months ago, God spoke to our when you know what? I'm just listening to too much negativity. This is putting darkness around me, and I don't want to live in darkness. So I shut that off, and I've, st- I've replaced it with worship music. And so I'm listening to more worship music. I'm listening to, to uh, teaching tapes, and I'm CDs. MP3s. I really am. I got rid of all my cassettes. I had a thousand cassettes I got rid of. Oh, that was like getting rid of friends, man. Listening to... I Don't go there. I, Almighty God wants you to get rid of those things that bring in darkness and put on the armor of light. Why? Listen to these words from 1 John. Because if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. When we will reduce the amount of darkness we allow in and we walk in more light, we have a greater measure of walking in the liberty with which Christ has made us free and we live out of who we are in Jesus Christ and we stop living by the old man and the old woman. Come on. Amen. Put on the armor. Now all this is possible because of Romans 6.14. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under law but under grace. Hey, the law of sin and death stops having power and dominion over you. And the law of the spirit of life begins ruling through you. And it becomes your motivator. It becomes that which directs you. It becomes that which disciplines you. It becomes your power force. The law of the spirit of life. How come? Because of what he said in Romans 8.11. But if that same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Listen, therefore, brethren, we are no longer debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse from sin. Amen? Amen. Don't you love living by the new life? Would you stand with me, please? See, now it was going to be at this point, I was going to make an altar call. That's going to just let God do His work in you. 
But God had a little surprise for us. He said, I want to do it first. <laughs> and we let him do that. Amen. But as you leave here today, would you take with you the full assurance, Jesus, you live in me. I'm a new creation. And I don't have to live by the old woman. That fear, that worry, that anxiety, that insecurity, low self-worth. I don't have to live out of that stuff anymore. I am a woman of God. Would you say this with me? I am a princess. How do I know that, Pastor? Well, you're his bride. Come on. Jesus isn't married to a bunch of slaves. He has princess. Come on. Would you turn? They didn't all get it, so we got to help them. Turn to a woman near you and say, Princess of God. Just say that to her. Princess of God. Princess of God. Hey, come on. Stop living in that old stuff. Come on, princess. Rise up. Sir, you are a new man in God. You are a man of God. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, quit ye like men. Be strong. Love foolishly. Live miraculously. Did you hear those words? Love foolishly. Sir, it is time to put the walls down and just love your wife foolishly. Love your children foolishly. Come on. It's not unmanly to give hugs. Come on. Come on. It amazes me. We can put on a helmet, shoulder pads, and it's all right to bump chests and hug and hit one another and just and show that affection. But, boy, get that all off. I'm a man. You know what that is? Foolishness. Love, love, love radically. And then live miraculously. Sir, you can do things right. Yes, you can. You do a lot of things right. You're here today. You read the Bible. You pray. Come on, you do a lot of things right. You are not a failure, sir. In fact, Scripture says you are a king and a priest to your God. And, and you know what God delights... God delights...
to take men who have failed and make them giants. Peter, do you love me? You know, you, you know, I, I know. Peter, do you love me? I believe Jesus asked him that question three times to wash away his three points of failure, his three denials. And then Peter goes out. And a man who's never walked in his life, he walks. And he walks down the road and his shadow goes over people with leprosy and disease and it's gone. And he goes in where Tabitha is laying on her burial bed and he raises her from the dead. This is the same Peter who just months before had denied and was living in total failure. And here he is a king and a priest unto his God. And I'm saying to you, sir, rise out of your failure, rise out of your low self-worth, and live as a king and a priest unto your God. Raise your hands with me, will you please? Lift them to the Lord. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will seal this in their heart. And Father, I bless them that in the name of Jesus this week, they will live in the power and the might of your Holy Spirit, victorious in Jesus Christ, more than conquerors unto you. Father, saturated with your love and joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a blessed Holy Week. I look forward to worshiping with you on Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Amen.